Hey, listeners, I have with me today the amazing Will Overton. Welcome to the show, Will. Oh, thanks, Rebel. Thanks so much for having me. Excited to, to be here today to, uh, to have a good conversation. Yeah, it sounds good. Um, I was wondering, Will, uh, you know, inquiring minds want to know, uh, when did you know that you wanted to pursue uh, a career in the music industry? What, what got you interested? Yeah, so I have kind of a unique uh, growing up story of I grew up around the business from uh, an early age and, and my, my dad was involved in, in the music world uh, before I was born. And so I, I grew up around uh, artists and songwriters and uh, the industry kind of my whole life. And, and he worked some with, uh, he actually worked where I work now, which is kind of a full circle moment. Um, and then managed uh, Alan Jackson for a few years in the early nineties. And so I grew up around the Jackson family some, and, and then in the mid nineties, he went to uh, EMI music. And so he ran the Nashville office for about 15 years and then ran the Nashville office for Sony records for about six years. Um, and so I, I was in it from when I was born, honestly, and, and but it took me a while to accept and you know, figure out, hey, this is what I want to do with my life, too. And, and it wasn't until kind of junior year of college that I, I moved away, went to school at, at uh, UNC in North Carolina and, uh, you know, kind of pushed away the, the Nashville music industry for a long time. And, and but when I was faced with what I want to do with my life and the real world was looming. Uh, Nashville became like such a, uh, I, I realized how passionate I felt and how special of a place Nashville is from, from getting out for a few years and, and uh, kind of set my sights back on Nashville. And, and I bought myself an extra year to do some more networking and, and, and everything. And I went to grad school. Um, I did a one-year business school and uh, kind of during that year, came back and forth to Nashville every six weeks to network and do job interviews and, and, uh, had, you know, probably about 60 interviews that year, you know, or not interviews, but meetings and whatever you have to do to just tell people, Hey, I'm looking for a gig. And if you're, if you got something open, let me know. I don't have any experience, but like, give me a chance. <laughs> um, so I did that for a year and, and then, uh, ended up in the mailroom. So that was kind of like, you know, I, I put my, my flags out there and, and then finally got the call back and, and honestly started, I was graduating from business school and got the call from Liam Morris that they had a, a job opening and that they, they were like, Hey, do you, can you start on Monday? And it's like, well, I'm graduating Sunday, so I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's actually, uh, you and I have a mutual acquaintance, I believe Bart Herbison. Oh, of course. Yeah. And that's pretty much what Bart did. I walked in and I interviewed with Bart and he and I just had an instant connection. We had things in common and he was like, so can you start tomorrow? This was on a <laughs> Wednesday and yeah. my stuff was in a different state because I was moving from out of state and I was like, I need to go home and pack my belongings. <laughs> I can come in on Monday. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like give me a couple so, of days to, to get the groundwork laid. 
<laughs> yeah. So, but that was great. I love those stories. It's like, they're just, they're ready and they want you and it's like, let's go, let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. And it, so. it took, you know, it took me a while to wrap my head around, Hey, I, I feel comfortable following in the same industry that my, my dad was in. And, um, once I kind of realized like, Hey, it's, it'll help you get some meetings, but you still got to do the work and, and earn the respect. And, and that kind of made me realize, Oh yeah, I don't have to worry about anything. Everybody's got a way in it's, you got to figure out how to stay there. Yeah. Um, and, and once I realized that, it, that would like really gave me a lot of confidence to jump in and, and go after it. Absolutely. And, you know, I think the music industry is a challenge just in general, not only for the musicians, but for all, for the, the multitudinous amount of background people and staff, I think people often forget or, or maybe they just don't know, but there is a lot that goes in to the popular singers that we hear on the radio. I think people yeah. just don't realize it. Yeah. I don't know if you've been to the country music hall of fame uh, and been downstairs in the, I think it's the like education center. Uh, but in the back, there's this wall of like bobbleheads and it's yes. like, here, here's everything that goes into making an artist. And there's like a hundred yeah. bobbleheads. <laughs> I actually loved that. Yeah. I was in there with my oldest daughter and we saw that and I was like, look, I told you yeah. that, you know, she's a huge Taylor Swift fan. Right. right. And that's and the Taylor I was Swift like, center, I think. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And I'm like, all of these people are involved in, in what Taylor does and, and what you see and what you hear. And, you know, I was like, it's just a massive amount of people. Right. And it, I, I try to show as many people as I can that, that image. Cause it's uh, like my in-laws came with me to the hall of fame when my wife and I started dating and I was like, here's kind of the, the scope of what, here's my like little piece of the puzzle, but here's the puzzle. <laughs> and then yeah. I mean, they were, they were shocked. They had no idea. Sure. Uh, kind of everything that goes into it. Yeah. That is a great area in there though. I, I really do like that. And I was like, Oh yeah, I've been that person and I've yeah, been right. that person. So, yeah. And I was like, and I know a few of those people and those people. Right. Right. So yeah, it's great. It's great to just see and, and be able to mentally put it together, you know? Right. For sure. Um, you, you actually, your current job is what? Uh, so I'm, I'm the, one of the A&R directors at Warner Chapel Music Nashville. So I work with um, a team that we have six other or five other um, team members in Nashville that are A&R and focused on working day to day with the songwriting staff. Um, so that is artists, songwriters and producers that we've signed, um, you know, mainly out of Nashville, but we do a lot with our, our teams in New York and LA and across the world. Uh, most recently in Miami and London uh, Netherlands, we're, we're working on some projects with them and Korea. So, um, we, we really are kind of a globally focused company out of Nashville. We, you know, obviously we're the epicenter of country music in Nashville. So 
our, our day-to-day lives center around country music and, and primarily, but we're always helping connect writers and artists, um, you know, from around the world and trying to, you know, create some, some great music. Right. Would, would you tell us, well, what an A&R person does, like what type of, what do you do as an A&R person? Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard to put your finger on exactly what, sure. what we do because, because <laughs> we fill a lot of different areas um, sure. in our role. So, I mean, our primary role is, is connecting writers and, and, um, and producers and, and artists. And so my day to day is, is trying to come up with ideas and it's a, it's interesting because it's a creative role but not necessarily, I'm not a songwriter. Um, and I, I'm, I've, I was an English major in college, so I, I love literature and love, uh, creative being around creative people, but sure. I'm not, I'm not a very much of a creative myself <laughs> to, you know, actually write the music. Um, sure. but I love being part of the creative process and I've heard so much music my whole life that I feel like I can be a good sounding board and editor for, uh, for my writers and, and artists and, um, help them, you know, part of it's helping them craft their music and, and finding their voice. You know, if, if I'm working with a younger artist, I'm trying to help them figure out who they are and what they want to say and, and how we can get them to a play, uh, build their platform to, you know, build out the rest of the team. Um, if I'm working with a, a day-to-day writer, it's connecting them with the right artists to help them raise their profile and, and, you know, have some cuts and hit songs and same with a producer, just trying to help them match up with the right artists, artists and writers to get great songs. And that's kind of the core of our, our job, but we also, a big part of it's pitching songs. So, you know, we, we still pitch to artists and country artists cut a lot of outside songs and that's, that's an Avenue. Um, and also we have a sync team. So we, we help, you know, pitch songs to the sync team and then they pitch them to, film and TV and advertising and, um, kind of those areas. Um, so we're, we're, we do everything song focused, um, primarily, but then if, if we're working with an artist or a writer, you know, we may be filling in a management role or a label role or a marketing role. We may be helping them, you know, strategize on their overall career if they don't have that rest of that team in place as well. So we, we wear a lot of hats, um, in the publishing world. Um, sure, yeah. And also, think- you know, emotionally we support our writers too. So if that's, <laughs> you know, we're motivators and, uh, encouragers and, you know, we, it's, it's all of the above. I don't know. It's, it's an interesting, that's what makes it so interesting is that we get to do so much different stuff every day. I mean, no day is, um, like, like another day. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I would think so. In your opinion, Will, what do you think the most important skill would be for somebody to have in an A&R role? I'm, I'm just curious that, you know, I'm just curious what your opinion is on that. Yeah, I think, you know, A&R and, and publishing is a little bit different than A&R and on the label side, just sure. in the, the different perspective. And, you know, we work hand in hand with a lot of label A&Rs to either develop an artist with them or we're developing artists on the side and then we're presenting them to labels and hopefully they get a big record deal and have a lot of hits. Um, but I think, you know, going back to like the core of, of an A&R job is 
I think it's a lot about building that trust and relationship with the artists and writers that you work with to, I mean, you can't do the job without having a relationship where, you know, your, your artist or writer trusts you to, that you're going to work as hard as they are and you're going to be there for them. And, and, you know, you're, you're someone who can also pour into their career and, and help build their foundation as well. Um, so it's just a lot of managing those relationships and, you know, building that trust. And also, you know, you got to know the music. I think that's like kind of an understood uh, base level of like, well, you got to know what you're shooting for and be knowledgeable about the genre that you're working in uh, right. first, and, first and foremost. Cause if you're, if you don't know country music and you're working in a Nashville A&R publishing job, I don't know. It's, it, it would be tough because you, you're going to hear a ton of country music. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, you got to be familiar with, with the artist and, you know, and where the format's going and, and kind of know who to look out for and, and how to get songs places um, and get people to trust you that you're going to, you're going to bring them good ideas. I'm curious about this as well. What was your first music venue experience in Nashville? Now I, I know that you've lived here and you've been away and you've come back, but here in Nashville, what either was your first music venue experience and, or, um, what was your favorite? You can give me either. I'll take either. <laughs> yeah. I think in Nashville, uh, my, the first one that I remember is, uh, going to Starwood amphitheater, uh, oh, way, back, gosh. way yes. back in the day and yeah. saw, saw a bunch of artists out there, but I think the first one was Hanson. If you remember Hanson, the boy band, Oh gosh, so yeah. I was, I was a huge Hanson fan as, as a kid. And, and, uh, yeah, that's, I think they were my first concert. If not them, it was definitely an Alan Jackson show somewhere, but, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I was always like riding my tricycle around arenas on the Allen tours. Um, <laughs> but definitely, uh, yeah, Hanson was the first one that I remember, but the first one where I, I really felt like, Hey, music is, is awesome. And you feel the power of, um, you know, you're part of something bigger and you realize kind of what, what's special about this world. Uh, I think it was probably a Kenny Chesney stadium concert in, in high school where I don't know, you hadn't been around that many people for anything other than a football game. Yeah. And you know, you're there's 60,000 people in Nissan stadium. And I don't know, you just, you feel the energy and there's nothing like it. And uh, I was like, man, this is, this is cool. <laughs> this is, I guess what, my, you know, what I'm around, like, I used to think, I think you always think what your parents do is kind of lame, but at a certain point I was like, this is yeah. awesome. I got to figure out how to, how to do this. <laughs> you're like, none of my friend's parents are doing yeah. this kind of cool stuff. Right. You're like, okay, I get it now. Like, this is pretty cool. Yeah. I, I do think we miss that growing up you know <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah I'm sorry y'all I was looking at my questions and I'm trying to be cool and not put my glasses on so <laughs> I'm struggling with the words on the page because they're blurry <laughs> but um <laughs> okay well uh how long have you been involved with NSAI for those listening who don't know what NSAI is it is Nashville Songwriters Association International. Yeah, so I, I think my I kind of got the first invite to be a part of a, an NSAI uh, 
song night was probably when I started at, at chapel Warner chapel about six years ago. Um, and so got to do one of the pitch to publisher nights where a lot of, I think it was 50 or 60 writers. We all kind of cram into the NSAI studio and, and play songs one by one and, and then get a chance to interact with a few writers. And if you like the song, you can give some feedback or if not, you can not, not, that's totally up to you. But um, that was kind of my first jump into the NSAI world. And then from there, I've done a couple more of those pitch to publisher nights and done a couple of the songwriting camps and I'll be speaking on a panel for Tin Pan. And um, so they've, they've always been really great to me. And, and I feel like I've even signed a writer or two from not necessarily from one of those nights, but someone who's come up through the NSI ranks and, you know, they, they do a great job of highlighting up and coming writers and, and um, doing showcases for those guys and, and really putting some people on the map. And so they're always the first stop if I'm meeting with a new writer and they, they're like, man, I, I don't know where to go. Like I, I'm just moved to town or I'm thinking about moving to town. I'm all, I always ask them like, do you know what NSI is? And um, cause they do such a great job of connecting younger writers and, and just building the community, which is, you know, kind of the core of being a songwriter is having a community to support you and um, being able to connect with other creative folks. So, um, it's, it's, it's been awesome to be, a, you know, a part of their system and, and they've really helped, you know, me and the rest of the publishing community with all the, the work they do in Washington, DC. And, and, uh, so it's, it's an important place for sure. Yeah. I, I love it. I worked for them for a bit, just a brief bit when I first moved to Nashville and I loved it. I loved learning about what they do and I loved working on the 10 pan South event that they have each year. And I think it's just great. Um, I, I speak with a lot of musicians on the podcast and I'm always asking them and, and kind of guiding them toward an SAI and just saying they're a good place to be. You, you should know about them. If you're yeah. going to be a songwriter, you're going to be a musician, go and make that connection and, and be part of their family because it is a family. Yeah. And it's not so. just, you know, brand new songwriters either. A lot of songwriters that, you know, maybe they were with NSAI early and got connected, but they have become hit songwriters. They they're still involved and, and they're always, they do a lot of the workshops and camps to where those guys come in and, and, you know, they're the ones actually writing the song. So their, their feedback is a lot more valuable than, than mine where I'm just listening, but, um, right. but yeah, they, they really do a great job of, you know, setting the stage for what songwriting is and how to get better. And yeah. there's really no, nothing else or nowhere else that does that outside of a, a publisher, but, um, yeah. that's like a, a totally different system to in itself. Sure. Uh, what is your favorite part of Ten Pan South? I mean, I assume you get a chance to go and see some of the shows and uh, are they doing that this year? All the shows? Yeah. As far as I know, I mean, I just oh, saw cool. a, a schedule the other day and um, it gets passed around the team and we kind of are like, Hey, I, I need the pass for this night or need to go to this show. So it seems like a really full schedule this year, which is exciting because obviously yeah. the last couple of years have been, uh, 
I, I guess they were delayed and or canceled, you know, with sure. COVID and everything, but yeah, uh, excited to have a chance to, to get back out there and, and see kind of a collection of all of the riders that I work with. Cause a lot of the guys that I work with uh, play shows and, and so go out to support them. And, and I think the, the rider round is a really unique, uh, we get kind of spoiled by it in Nashville because rider rounds happen every night and a lot. Yeah. You know, it's like, Oh, another ride around. But <laughs> I think being around the atmosphere where maybe it's, it's not all industry and seeing real fans come and, and support riders. And I think it's just, it's cool to see them, to see the fans react to this format of performance and realize like, Hey, people love riders too. And, and it's a great way to showcase what songwriting is to people that might not be familiar with it. Um, but yeah, we're doing a big, we're, one of our shows for Warner Chapel is kind of some up and coming riders that we work with. So excited about that one this year. Um, we'll have a four or five riders on that Who show. Do you guys and, have tell us, tell us. Yeah. So uh, Jimmy Bell is one of my riders that I've been working with for, I guess about five years. And, and uh, he's an amazing idea lyric guy. And, and he's, he co-wrote the, the new John party single uh, last night lonely, which right. I think, I think it's going to be a hit. I don't know. Everybody else is pretty supportive of it. So <laughs> it sounds like one, uh, but he's on it. I know. I think summer Overstreet from our team, uh, William Beckman. I know I'm going to leave somebody out cause it's not in front of me, but, um, oh. but it's Sorry, a great artist. I put him on yeah. the spot. <laughs> I know, right. I didn't have my, my list in front of me, but, uh, I know, I know it'll be a good show. And, and I think Martin Johnson might even jump in there and, and, uh, play a couple songs. I don't know if you know, Martin from boys like girls, but he's, uh, kind of made the transition to Nashville and writing a bunch in the community and, um, so excited to, to see that show for sure. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. That's all I've got. Well, I told you this cool. would not be hard. Yeah, no, <laughs> you, you took it easy on me. Yeah, I know. I was like, Bart was very disappointed. He said, <laughs> I gave you an opportunity to come at me full force with anything right. and right. you're deciding to be nice. Yeah. Like, well, so nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, that's that's really all I've got. And um, so listeners, you know, I'm going to ask you to go on Apple Podcasts and leave me a five star review and drop me a line because I definitely like to hear what you guys have to say. I'm open to suggestions on who you want to hear and or see, depending on my formatting. Um, so that's it. Thank you so much. Well, for coming on, I'm glad we got to chat. Thank you, Rebel. That was a great, uh, great show. Thanks again. All right. Thanks. Bye guys.